0: All right, so this is the first time that we've ever been out plain air painting just the two of us together, right? Yeah. That's what you did. Yeah. I figured it out. You know what I'm doing right now? Yeah,
1: you're recording it, Tyler. I know what you're doing. That's you should use my little mic.
0: But, uh right, let's just do this. Let's just make a quick quick little episode. A quick mini podcast. A quick little 15-minute. minute. minute or one. Okay, so we've been out painting around Paradise Valley all day today and we're going back to Chico right now I'm here with Ken Yaris and I don't know how do you feel about the day I feel good I
1: got I think five paintings done with a good break in there with a little pizza break a little hot spring break um and the days are getting longer so that's nice but we got good weather the wind wasn't crazy there's a lot to be
0: thankful for. So, um, okay, give us an update real quick on, well, no, 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 no. let's start, let's kind of start, let's get, like, a recap, because I've never done a, just, uh, podcast with just you, so, quick, can we get a, a recap of kind of your art history real quick? Well, no, just, like, yeah, how you got into art, what, where you went to school, um,
1: yeah, I went to school, well, I went to school, like, pretty intense art academies where you did still life and portrait and figure and I only really study drawing so painting's still pretty um, it's kind of a mystery to me I'm unlocking but drawing is so important so I'm really thankful I had the training I did and I think I'm still always trying to push past it yeah but I found out living in New York City that like I hate cities and I hate people a little bit more than I thought I did so like <laughs> landscapes are this natural happy place for me. After those experiences, I have to
0: cut it and say I don't think that you hate people because you talk to every <laughs> single person, every stranger that that ever comes into our well into these trips that, that we're on together. But well, I you're don't. definitely the most talkative and, and friendliest person of of the of the bunch. Of okay, us. okay, I hate masses of people. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, that, that's what I want to make. I hate me. hordes yeah. and uh, you know, yeah. People yeah. always
1: have cool stories, but. So when they, when they turn into they, you know, that's that, like, or them, or just this thing that's not, like, not, like, a person anymore, it's just a blob, that I usually don't want to be there, and, uh, I don't know, well, landscape painting just became my natural, like, respite from those things, I can just be out here all day with my buddies, or out by myself, just enjoying kind of the peace and quiet, and the beauty of the scenery, it's...
0: Pretty dream, dream come true situation. Yeah. Yeah, what, what, uh, what kind of sparked your interest initially in even getting into being a painter?
1: Well, it was kind of like the only thing I was good at. You know, when I was a little kid, like, I would just draw all the time. Yeah. I'd have huge temper tantrums and stuff if I couldn't draw before school. And I just would get in trouble for school for drawing letters instead of writing them and, like, Doodling Wait, and for like, drawing letters. Yeah, I remember that being like a criticism they gave me. Like you couldn't like like, like you were making like big block letters. Yeah, like like kind of like the medieval like <laughs> illumination. Like just like I wouldn't be able to draw like the dog slept. Like it'd be like the, and you start like going all nuts with the letters and you know it was just more fun. I kind of stuck with me, I guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Your teachers got upset about that.
0: Yeah, I was like that was like or pretty they're, early. They're like this guy's wasting. Yeah, stuff.
1: yeah, like, like, instead of, be like, writing, you know, like, schools all about production and, like, you know, yeah. getting done in time and, like, so I'd be over there just completely having a blast working on, you know, like, a small sentence to, like, underlining and bolding or, you know, like, there's so many yeah. ways you can have fun with just letters, but they didn't want that or that wasn't the mission, so I got in trouble, but it was a, kind of those early signs
0: that, like, maybe art was a pretty cool thing for me. Okay, Did and you, then when was the first... Tell me about the first uh, piece of artwork that you ever sold. Do you remember? Mm, well, I one experience, I guess, the experience
1: I remember most from, like, selling something is I was listening to this talk about business from, uh, like, a business mentor of mine who, well, I didn't know at the time. He was just giving a talk on it. Now I'm in high school. I had a piece in the little local museum where the talk was held. And At the end of the talk, I decided to saddle up and, see what would happen and ask him what he thought of my piece and he's like oh man wow you did this and you're only how old are you and then it's like well, all right well I'll buy it how much do you want for it I like, uh twenty dollars he's like all right awesome I'll take it and I was just like blown away that he would even say that like the whole thing surprised me and he's like but also I would have paid triple that and then oh, like nice. walked away <laughs> and so like <laughs> this like whole experience of selling art was a
0: conundrum uh uh-huh. that continued it still continues but right you know but did that kind of was that the from then on did was the possibility and the and the uh yeah the like was the possibility to sell art always something that you were thinking about and oh it was weird in that context like
1: i what was most important in that spectrum was having really cool art mentors in the community that were working professional painters. Like, okay. I didn't... I mean, in my mind, like, yeah, I could sell paintings and I sold more paintings than I've been selling paintings and it continues on. But to see people in their artistic maturity actually selling work and making a living is, like, always still the biggest, like,
0: reality check that's Okay, that's possible. Okay, so you... It, it, so that you had that when yeah. you were growing up so you saw that you knew that there was a possibility to yeah, yeah to, I, I reach out to living, living as, people yeah it's like as you as know a lot artist. of artists a lot of people don't,
1: you know they think all the artists are like dead people
0: yeah you know like Michelangelo and stuff no I mean there's tons of there's so many thriving st- living artists there's so many stories of like like it's almost like every artist's story is like it wasn't until I was like 25 that I realized that people even made livings at this yeah. Yeah. So I just think that's cool that you or it's different that you Well found Montana's that out. got such a
1: good art community and yeah. people acknowledge kind of the importance of that. Okay. Here I think more in our communities. It's not I don't know, we wouldn't say art is super highbrow in other places, but there's something very like respected about it in Montana. Yeah. yeah. So and I knew lots of artists and
0: And of course you have really amazing parents.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. all that wouldn't be Remotely possible without their their loving support, and just like even though, like these talking about like this like high school level support, where is this even possible? Like many, you know, people just get totally downtrodden at that point because it's just like, no man, you gotta go get a real job or yeah. a real school
0: education or whatever. So, but I your had, parents even from the beginning when you were talking about like I, I think I want to go to art school. Oh yeah, like, no, they were like,
1: okay, well. Like, they knew it was the only thing I was good at, too. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> the the reality was, like, they, they wanted me to succeed. So, they, so, that's when I went to Chicago, the, like, Art Institute of Chicago there, or SAIC, for, for a summer program, which cost them a lot of money. But they, they knew going to regular college or going to that school full-time was going to cost them more. So, they wanted me to go there for the summer program and see what I really thought. Okay. And that was instrumental in changing my course
0: of life, really, but... My course of education for sure. Okay. Yeah. All then, their support. And then, so you go to the summer program during, while you're in high school, then once you graduate, you end up going to a academy out in Oregon? Yep. Yeah.
1: I went to that SAIC and I mean, different programs have different, uh, outcomes that they're looking for, but I really wanted to learn how to draw and paint and uh-huh. Like, a lot of the modern art education system is extremely lacking in any structure that creates results yeah. in that. Yeah. So I, you know, found this the Art Renewal Center, which is like a kind of online harboring of uh, some of that old school ideology that, you know, drawing and painting are a visual language that's worth knowing. So they had a whole list there with schools that uh, I could look into, and one was in Oregon, so I went there, applied for it, and got in, and, yeah, started really getting into the academia stuff, Yep, which I hated, but I didn't hate it as much as I would have hated
0: regular school. <laughs> okay, so then, and then you'd go to this other academy for a year, was it a full year? Big yeah, year, yeah. well, so right?
1: yeah, I went to the school in Oregon, and it was, you know, again, the schooling, the reason I say I hate it is because it was actually making me apply myself like any good school yeah, it was just really it's just tough yeah I mean yeah. like they, they they take all that artistic ego stuff where you want to be there making fun art and cute stuff or pretty stuff and like you don't even know how to draw a line straight like they just tear you apart and rebuild you as a better better painting monster or drawing monster I guess at that time but they moved to school to Hawaii and uh, I kind of knew that I wasn't going to be able to go to school if I lived there I would have just ended up oh, like okay. you know surfing or whatever being bum so I wanted to up the ante and I went to New York City for the school at the Grand Central Academy of Art and they were you know same kind of thing they started me back on drawing 101 and I got another year of basic drawing in and I was going to keep going to the school it was my intention but New York was just such a hellhole that I just had no intentions of being able to live there. It was just incredibly expensive for you to be there. It's Extremely expensive it was you know taxing on my just quality of life, you know, I was working, if I wasn't at school, I was working, and then the commute was brutal, that, yeah, just, there was just nothing fun about it, I was drinking a lot, and just trying to self-medicate, I don't know, I was just ready to be back in the, back in the woods, so, yeah, when I, when I finally left there, and came back, that's when I kind of started taking out plain air painting on a lot more serious level, because,
0: that's kind of how i've learned to paint yeah in general just getting out here and doing it myself okay so there's so many stories that that ken has told me over the years that i would love to to go into right now but and and maybe i do have one of the i do have your uh, ice cream shop story recorded and saved to my google drive Oh really oh good and so maybe i'll tack that on to end or something Oh, that's it's from like four years ago that you told that I recorded. I do i
1: kind of and wonder I, now if it's like such folklore that like if I even told it again if they would match up perfectly. Oh, because I, I I have it written down, <laughs> but it's more like a like a factual accord of what actually happened. It's just, but yeah, it was a just a nightmare experience.
0: Anyway, yeah, lots of good stories from New York, but not yeah, one, I, like. so I've absolutely loved hearing those stories. But I do want to jump ahead to kind of right now, what's going on in your life. Um, you've been professionally painting now pretty much full time for the past three, two or three years well
1: I mean it's a bit yeah I mean I moved back to Montana from Oregon three years ago coming up this June I think so when I came back I was able to kind of quit all my jobs and start anew and just really started focusing on painting wholly so yeah I guess it would be about three years But I was doing shows and gallery stuff and all that for a couple years before then I mean I'd probably be like six years or seven years now but it was part time I was working other jobs and you know but you know I had a professional reputation but it just wasn't really wasn't all I did okay. um, but yeah it's been awesome trying to connect with uh, you know being able to partner up with the young guns and hang out with you guys to go out and do paint outs to talk art to figure out what we're all doing has been so instrumental in the last couple of years to help direct my Mm -hmm. career and my just how much I enjoy my
0: life even it's been so much better yeah do you ever have anybody uh like messaging you emailing you asking for critique and advice and you know like that are starting out with painting and and what 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 little thing do you think that you've learned over the you know past several years what, what's the thing that you would pass on to to somebody oh yeah the
1: with all of that I don't get a whole lot of fan mail or like critique questions too much yet I, I, I'm all about it I like doing it but uh, you know a big thing that I was told for most of my like art career now in times of like feeling lost and all that is to try to go back to what you love or what you enjoy mm. and to try to really cut the noise and that's a really tough thing to do and it's it's sometimes not a really sane thing to do and there's bills to pay and all this stuff going on but like you know when people compromise on their real love and joy for the craft or for the subject or for the color or for whatever they're so excited about then you're gonna end up yeah you might make some quick bucks or you might you know you know get famous or something but you'll the end result with this kind of career is I think a life full of intention and purpose and happiness and that's something only you can really give yourself right so I would tell people to just go find what you love and try to be
0: authentic to that yeah and don't be somebody else yeah yeah because even if you do find a way to to make a living as an artist but you're not painting the thing you love it's going to get harder and harder and harder to continue in that no I've always I mean that's it's been the
1: ongoing thing with my whole artistic life it's just like man if I if I can't do what I want to do then I'm just going to quit and go get a real job because at least I get paid you know it's not like you're. I mean I've met the place in my career where it's not like I'm rolling in money or anything I'm still trying to barely get by but the 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 stress and the fear or the doubt of creating is not there anymore. It's a very fluid process to make the art that I love and stuff I'm excited about and push myself and learn and grow it just comes naturally. And when you get people to connect to you on that then it's a win-win, win, win-win, win-win win, 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 win. <laughs> Everything's winning. But it's like, yeah, you could maybe make a quick buck but I just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I can make a quicker buck doing lots of other things. <laughs> like fencing or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I, uh, I don't entertain it too much anymore. I don't, I used to always talk about quitting and doing something else. And for the last couple of years after really doing it professionally and being like accepted and rewarded for it, it's been like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to quit anymore. So I tell people also to not quit. Maybe it took some courage to not quit. Mm
0: -hmm. That's a really good piece of advice. Yeah, it's tough stuff. That's fun stuff. Like right. We're about to go sit in the hot spring and lay around. And we're we're just pulling into Chico, but right before we started recording, could, will you give just a retell a quick story of of what just happened right before we started recording?
1: Well, right before we started recording, we've been flying down the road for a quarter mile, and I'm thinking there's this group of deer on the side of the road, and I'm thinking, oh great, you know Tyler's slowing down and hey 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 hey, it's like oh yeah there's deer there's deer. No, it was that Tyler's painting flew off the back of the car and landed miraculously on the right side up. So Tyler here is going to have to have an extra cheers for his good fortune because, yeah, he almost lost a really beautiful plain air piece to the dirty gravel roads of Montana. I'm sure that's not the first time that's happened to you, Tyler. That isn't. <laughs> <laughs> you, do you remember that, that, happened, that happened up near your house? Oh you threw a painting off the roof of the car? Yeah, I
0: <sighs> Oh, from the barn? Oh no, you didn't paint when, it that one. I don't remember when it was, but I think it was yeah, it happened it happened right close to your house. Anyways. Yeah, well, boys and girls, just watch
1: those the roof of your I mean the roof of the car had the Oh my gosh, yeah. It's even my cell phone tonight. I didn't know where my cell phone was for
0: Yeah, today we, we couldn't find Ken's cell phone and then right after that we couldn't find the car keys. We searched for like half an hour. And then finally Ken looks on the top and sees that the car keys are right where the cell phone was. I mean hopefully that's the end of the yeah the
1: saga for that, but if we had lost any of those things, you're painting Oh look you can park right by a van. That guy just peeled out. Nice. Right by the FCV.
0: But yeah, I'm about to head down to Utah and uh Right. I wanted to quickly just mention that too. What, what's going on? There. You've got a.
1: I've got a show at Meyer Gallery in Park City that. uh, You know, again, one of these things that you get to do as an artist is get really creative with everything and paying for shipping. For I've got a five foot by four foot painting. That's not including the like ten inches of frame that's on both sides of it, there. Well, on, you know, it's not a ten inch frame. It's a five inch frame, but it. It adds 10 inches to the thing. So being able to throw that in the mail, it's not something you just pop in a box and send away. It's a crating $1,000 shipping charge. So I looked at what it takes to drive down there. It's going to be, you know, 700 bucks in gas to go there and back. i got to go hang out in the desert, get out of this snowy, cold part of the world for a while. So I'm about to take
0: off on a little voyage for, you know, taking care of the business. Ken has... The most awesome white is it called a sprinter van
1: no sprinter vans are those cool mercedes ones okay what's, or like
0: what's this a cargo van yeah it's just like a, a like express van there and you've souped it up you give it a lift yeah i've got like little
1: knobby tires on there and well, it's all it's all wheel drive so that's one of the cool things of it and also not cool things about it but it
0: yeah it goes it goes all the cool places you put a platform on the top of it so you can paint Standing on the top of the van. Yep, we could
1: sleep up there, paint up there. Yeah, it just opens up you've part got of a, the vehicle. You've got a has. bed
0: on the inside.
1: Yep, got a little modular bed. Um, Plenty of storage, and I've got seats I can take in and out of it. And But yeah, I mean for right now, it's it's completely filled to the gills with paintings. Like Most people couldn't right. haul this stuff around in their, their car and then sleep in it. Right. And then go up a 4 wagon road and then camp on the roof and paint. I mean, I don't know. It's... It's hasn't been without its challenges, but it's really been something that I've
0: yeah. Loved well, with. you've taken a lot of, a lot of pride and pleasure in, in working on it. Yeah, the, yeah. Know, I mean, or- a van
1: like that, if you had it built, I mean, they'd do a better job of it than me. But like, they'd be sixty or eighty grand or ninety grand, or you know, there's no. I mean, I, I'm in whatever ten or fifteen grand or whatever. That's a lot, but for what it's even given me. In shipping discounts around the western United States, and then really enjoyable and memorable experiences beyond that. It's been worth it's been worth the risk and the the
0: uh, troubles of it for sure. Okay, so you're gonna drop off these paintings down at Meyer Gallery. Yep. Then you're gonna go bum around uh, Southern Utah and Arizona and Colorado a little bit. I don't think I don't know if I'm gonna go quite as far.
1: One of the things. The, the kind of nomad life deal. I only have 10 days this time. I like to ideally have a couple of weeks where I can really get into, like, road life. And, I mean, this whole thing is it is work. I'm doing plein air paintings. And so being able to chase the weather around is, like, paramount. So if you yeah. show up somewhere and it's just cloudy and crappy, then, like, well, jump with the car and drive five hours south. Like, go see what's down there. But I have my favorite spots in Utah already, and I have a shortage of time, so I'm hoping to really spend more time in less places Mm -hmm. instead of just like hitting everything for like five hours. Mm -hmm. If the weather's good, stay, you know, put the blanket out, sit on it, do some painting, chill. I mean, the, being able to cut the hurry out of life and the tune back into like the observational quiet place that requires no cell service and no commitments is, it's a rare, rare thing in our day and age. So, I use these little trips as a place to like kind of center out and find that or break down and get extremely pissed and go into debt. But we'll see what happens. (laughs) Hopefully that's not the reality this time. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going to go, really. It's up to the wind. (laughs) All the Um, colors of
0: the wind. And uh, so Ken and I did several paintings today. He did six. I did... You did six? No, I think I did five. Okay, five. I did three paintings. Ken did six uh five <laughs> you could say six we yeah, could cut six. them in half make it six right. and uh those will be up at the end of the week on the website and um uh we made a little video out of that out of today as well and we just got back to chico hot springs and we're ready to jump in the hot springs do you want to i'm not really hungry yet no we should we should, we should definitely soak first so first eat, then go soak more that sounds like a good plan Sounds like a real good plan. All right, it's um, been a good first plane air time with you, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, would have never one on one, one on one, mono Oh yeah, I have to. I have to quickly say I, I. told. I think I've told this to Ken multiple times, but uh, like several years ago, Josh Elliott uh, has. He's been a great friend and kind of a mentor to me, and and I think the also same for me, for Ken. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I just remember him saying like. Hey, I think you should really get to know this Ken Yaris guy. I think you guys would really be friends. And he had a friend named TJ Lynd, who he used to go out and paint with all the time. And he's like, I think you guys could have kind of like a, like a kind of the kind of relationship that TJ and I had just go out, paint, hoop it up a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, I, I don't know. I, I remember at the time thinking like, uh, this guy's I, weird. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Josh Elliott was right, as as he was with several different things that he, <laughs> that he said to me, especially during those like early twenties that where I was trying to figure things out. So a lot of wisdom in that guy, yeah.
1: A lot of good paintings in his brain too.
0: Do you have any any quick good Josh Elliott stories? Mm, well, none. I really want to tell <laughs>
1: <laughs> to the wide world web. Just that he's just no. Just I mean, like autumn like I joking side he's an amazing dude that has always been really really kind and giving and open and just like he's like one of the reasons that make being an artist seem cool yeah because if you look at some of like the like societal like oh yeah that's what being an artist is like it's like you end up kind of being this pretentious a-hole and like that's (laughs) like the pain of success and like josh is just like the coolest most humble down-to-earth yeah funny like just like a just a good human being yeah and there's none of that pretentiousness even though he's d- definitely one of the best landscape painters who have ever lived like you know you never pick it up in him he's just out yeah. there doing what he wants to do and that seeing that really motivates me to keep doing it yeah
0: he's awesome big hero i just want to get more stories for me but maybe i'll just tack on the ice cream story okay
1: oh, well yeah. we'll do more sometimes. don't worry tyler this is just the, one of the first times we've planned our paint together. Yeah.
0: There'll be more. If I don't,
1: yeah, die in the desert. But, okay.
0: Any last thoughts to, any last thought to... To the masses? To
1: the... Uh, I would say, find your friends that you can most relate to and just hold them close and, like, just being able to spend the time you love doing things with people that also love doing the same thing is, it's precious. And, uh, yeah, I'm really thankful to have a friend like Tyler and the crew that I am fortunate enough to run around with. And I wish everybody could have that too. And it's up to you to just get out there and pay the $500 fee. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you can be Tyler's friend and the it's worth the fee guys, get out there and not necessarily to Tyler cause he's my friend now and you guys can all stay away from him. But, uh, just invest in your relationships and show up. Show up in
0: lives and just go. Yeah. Live it. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully here one of these days we'll have a longer podcast interview with, with Ken Yaris because there's we've only scratched the surface. Here's uh Ken Yaris and his crazy ice cream story from New York. Enjoy. <laughs> oh man. But, uh, what happened? You just left?
1: You are just like... Well, I'll tell you the whole story, I guess. But uh, I showed up. He said, show up tomorrow, dress nice for work. So I just, like, think of, like, customer service, wear some, like, khakis, maybe, right? A button, and shirt, and he'll give me an apron, and I can serve ice cream like a real professional. He had me down in the basement, like, you know those New York cities have, like, the steamy mm-hmm, undercarriage yeah. that opens up? There was refrigerators down there, like, old ones that ice cream had melted and dissolved into, like... No. A paste with... Flies oh. and cockroaches in it. Oh, and you get me down there on my hands and knees, like scrubbing it out and cleaning those out. <laughs> <laughs> my shoes <laughs> ruined, my pants ruined. I smelled like absolute shit trying to get out of there. Like, oh. I didn't, like, <laughs> like okay, well, that's a good first day at work. <laughs> <laughs> You're still positive, like, I'm paying rent, things are good. <laughs> well, I was down there, but the, the other employees were up on the like main service level. and I was kind of like, at the end of the night, like, come here, I'll show you some of the ropes. So I was just hanging out with these employees. But the one girl that I kind of talked to originally was the one working, and she, she had this like PTSD kind of thing about her. Oh, <laughs> like, shoot. just traumatized. And you could tell she just like hated her job, hated everything, but she wasn't really being like open about it, because we're the new people. And uh, that I met this guy named Caleb, who ended up being from South uh, Carolina. He was really cool. He liked country music too, so we were able to get along. And I got a roommate situation with him. That's, he saved me from that, uh, which was good. And, uh, the next day, I showed up for work and it was even worse because he was not really like there to help. He was at home with his security system. He had the surveillance cameras pointed at the staff. Oh my god! And they he would call and I was like, oh, I was oh. just learning. Like it's not hard to serve ice cream. It's actually very rudimentary. Yeah. Do this And you give it to people and you smile. And, uh, but that was like the. the I got trained by the help, you know, like the general worker guys, and they were all cool, Caleb was there, we were all just having a great yep. time, enjoying ice cream shop work like you should, but then you'd get these phone calls, <laughs> and I didn't take the call, Caleb or the other girl would, and you could hear him screaming over it like that. <laughs> he was just watching us, making sure you're doing everything right, and when you weren't, he called almost immediately. Wow. And we had to go all take turns, standing out in the street corner, Doing the like holy cream, holy cream, oh. holy cream. <laughs> so that was the second day of work and then the lady kinda of quaked at the end. And she what? The, she like she came, sorry, she like Kate, he started telling us that she's like, I gotta get the hell out of here. Like you guys gotta quit. This guy's a monster, like you don't know what you're gonna into. And Kayla was kinda of like, Whoa, <laughs> this is getting pretty serious. And like, she's trying to start this rebellion and uh, <laughs> I don't know, they you have to talk like this way from the camera. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like we went over like too late on like trying to close a store and it was like screaming over the phones trying to get us to like get out of there. Oh. Everybody we left and we We're just like, and when you get out of work at midnight in New York on a weekday, mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. to find subways to get home. It's like I didn't get home till almost two in the morning every day mm-hmm. working <coughs> a crappy four-hour minimum wage job at this place <laughs> oh, where you're like man. Nazi. Gestapo style <laughs> surveillance. <laughs> but it was, you know, Certain were was pretty fun. But the next day, he was the only guy there, and I was supposed to work with him. So I was just doing my thing, a little paranoid. And I had spilled a type of sprinkle into another type of sprinkle. <laughs> things, they're in one of those, like, the gridlock, like, everything is just packed together. Like, there's, you can't not do that. Okay, okay, get back here. So I go back, and I'm like, the back of the space. Paul, you worked here. About wow, two days, really. I can't tell you I worked here for one day. <laughs> you suck. And right, like, it's just, whoa, freak out. And I'm like, you suck. <laughs> so I just, like, take it, like, so how can I improve? And just, we're going back to square one. Because <laughs> there's a square one when you're serving And we had to. Just go through the whole ring on like how TV you do
0: show. this. <laughs> I know. Oh, is, mean, like, like oh. this is
1: like a Seinfeld. Right? Yeah, I <laughs> was gonna <laughs> say Seinfeld. <laughs> Cutting the donuts, you know, it's like, it's kind of hard to cut donuts, but these are stale, so it made it easier. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> even you have to get critiqued on that. Like, no, no,
0: no, no, no. Like, let me show you. And it's just like, yeah, like, oh, you can't show horrible. me how to cut a donut. like, stop it. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm just like a
1: sprinkle went into another kind of a sprinkle.
0: Um, uh, <laughs> go, oh, no. my god.
1: <laughs> he <laughs> was crazy, um, but he'd be so mean to us, and then some customer come in, hey, just like, the nicest, happiest, like, uh, that was the creepiest oh, thing about him, like, you gotta be a sociopath, man. Like, <laughs> next you know, time I wipe a
0: painting, I'm going, back to square one! <laughs> <war." laughs> <laughs> tell your students, no, no, back no, to square one! No, <laughs> Uh and tell them that yeah I think no, no 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 no. That was yeah, just I've never been like I went I was
1: working at like a jail as like a warden, like taking care of people, <laughs> respected, to just being told I suck at serving ice cream. Like, like what happened to my life?
0: I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, no.
1: oh man. And New York just got worse after that. But that was kinda like the first experience a kind of good taste of New York for you. No, oh cool. my gosh. It's if you quit, are we fired? So, yeah, that's the other funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Caleb, I, that, by that, but within like the four days, I moved that quickly to the, the out of Zoe's place into with Caleb and those guys, which was its own type of living hell, but <laughs> they... <laughs> Caleb came back from work all pissed, just pissed, and he's like, man, you, got it. you can't go in there again, because Caleb quit the day, like, when I went in there, the reason I wasn't in there is because Caleb quit. I didn't even know that. But he went in the next day to try to offer to help him train some people because he had already worked there for the four days or whatever he was in. <laughs> and because uh, the other chick that had worked there quit also. So he was like way under guns because they, like Caleb and her did the whole like, we're out of here thing. And he probably doesn't understand why. I was just like, I need this job so bad. Like, good luck, guys. Well, Caleb went in to help him train. And when that girl, quit she like ratted Caleb out this we just hate you you can't run a business like this and we're all quitting because you're a monster and so when Caleb came in to help train the guy just like pushed him out of the store and like, like screamed at him out on the street corner until so, like Caleb was like well, I was here to help and now I'm not ever helping you again like you're just a monster man came home and told me that <laughs> during the scream fight He's like, you and Ken and all those other guys running against me and I'm gonna fire him because he sucks! And it's just like go on about like how it's a big rebellion against him and like, this is crazy, like, you're an ice cream shop! Like, there should be a rebellion! And, uh, so yeah, he told you he was gonna fire, he, you know, he told Caleb I was gonna get fired anyway. So, when I, when he told me that, I just called the next day and was like, hey, I know I'm supposed to be working in a few minutes, but I'm not gonna be there. Uh, heard what you said to Caleb and I'm not interested in being an employee to you anymore. Well, that's good Ken. You know, because I actually wasn't very impressed with your service. And, um, On that note, good luck in life. With that kind of attitude, you're gonna need it. <laughs> <laughs> now that I just hung up. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of it. Um, and I never got paid, Caleb never got paid. Oh, there was just, That's true. Sure. And you cleaned all that ice cream for nothing. Ruined my pair of dress pants. And oh. it was so you probably paid to be there. Yeah. No, we had the amount of time, and subway, everything. and everything else I was doing uh, oh,
0: that,
1: that, that, oh. We were going to pick it outside, and we we're like, it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Dude, the story's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it is. That's yeah. a good story. You know, that is, Write it down and sell it. I, I do. I have it I, do I, I have it. Do, I went so home oh, after all know, this stuff happened. Oh, really?